Hello, this is Pastor Jay Wagoner, and this is Session 12 of Expository Preaching Simplified. Today's topic is all about starting and ending, how to start and end well your sermon. It's about introductions and conclusions. There's an old adage about public speaking that says this, stand up, speak up, and shut up. This common sense advice reflects three challenges every speaker and every preacher has to overcome. Getting started, saying what needs to be said, and coming to a succinct conclusion. So far, we've addressed only the second challenge, saying well what needs to be said. This is obviously the most important of the three admonitions. If we do not have anything relevant to say, the beginning and the end will mean very little. However, Getting started and ending well are highly important to an engaging and powerful message. Think of your favorite sandwich as an example. What makes a sandwich so good is what lies between the two slices of bread. Yet, you would not attempt to consume the sandwich without the bread. At best, you would have a poor salad. Likewise, it is important to frame every sermon between an engaging introduction and a powerful conclusion. Let's begin with the introduction. It may seem somewhat strange to add the introduction to the sermon after having completed the sermon outline and adding the illustrations. However, until the sermon proper is in place, there is nothing to introduce. This is not to say that ideas and concepts for the introduction will not come to mind as the sermon is constructed. They often do, and should be noted for consideration when the introduction is finally considered. Before putting an actual introduction in place, always think in terms of what it is that a good introduction should accomplish. First, an introduction obviously should capture the listener's attention. However, there is a second equally important function for an introduction, a good introduction, also should always establish the need for listening to the sermon. Let's begin with the first of these, capturing the attention of the listener. That's the first matter of importance. Let's begin with what not to do. It is my practice to skip the prayer and the reading of the text. I know to some this will seem unorthodox, or untraditional at best. To others, it may seem downright disrespectful. The question you will need to consider consider is this. Are you willing to sacrifice your message on the altar of tradition? Pray a long prayer, then read an extended text, and a good portion of your listeners will already be tuned out. Even if they read along with you, they can read faster than you can verbalize the text. They will inevitably run ahead of you and finish the text while you are still speaking. This will create a time lapse, and it will invite their minds to wander elsewhere. By the time they happen to tune you back in, you're on the first main point, and they have no idea what you're trying to say to them. If you must pray, pray a short prayer and move on to gaining the congregation's attention. If you do not begin with a prayer, rest assured God understands. May I suggest that the attitude of dependence upon God matters more than uttering a public prayer before preaching. Now, 
how do we go about capturing the congregation's attention? I routinely introduce a sermon with some type of illustration. Uh, I, I, I lean heavily on stories, anecdotes, and personal experiences. But anything from a quote to, to statistics can work. Sometimes you have to get creative when nothing seems to fit. I, I've used interesting photos, interact, interactive sequences with the congregation, and all kinds of object lessons. I recently wore a Santa Claus hat into the pulpit and then commented on the listeners' reactions. It was an obviously unexpected event to the listeners, and it evoked uh, varied reactions, which led to what I wanted to talk about in my message. But more importantly, it garnered the congregation's attention. Again, now the second thing, after getting attention, the second thing that a good introduction does is that it establishes the need to listen in the minds of the congregation. A good opening illustration that gets attention should lead directly to the need for listening. However, you will need to make the connection and spell out the need if it is not already clear from the opening. You may need to add more explanation or more illustration. Just statistical surveys, quotes, a reference to some current event, or the mention of some personal experience may need to be added. The goal to identify the goal is to identify and emphasize some issue, problem, or challenge that needs to be addressed. Never skip this step. This is important for motivating your listeners to actually listen to what you have to say. You will also want to make sure that. Uh, that the need you establish is logically connected to your big idea, your proposition or whatever you want to call it. I use the term big idea. Your big idea should give a biblical answer to the need that you have established. All right, now, having completed the introduction, let's talk about the conclusion. A good conclusion has two important parts. First, you need to make a brief summary of the sermon and uh, what you have said. This is best done by reviewing again the big idea and the main points of the outline. If you have remembered to round off each main point and emphasize the big idea all the way through to the conclusion, then this is no different. Uh, other than it will be perhaps worded a little bit different, a little bit more strongly, and the wording then would indicate uh, that this is a concluding review. Now, having reviewed the sermon, one thing is left that needs to be done. A final verdict needs to be rendered. Like a good lawyer who tells the jury what uh, they should be <coughs> doing, excuse me, what they should do in his closing statement, a good sermon should tell listeners what conclusive action they need to take. All that is required here is a short and powerful action-oriented statement. It is often effective to tie the verdict back to the need or even to the opening illustration. When I can do so effectively, I leave the opening illustration unresolved. Only the dilemma, the challenge, or the problem part of the story uh, is then explained in the introduction. Then, 
when I get to the conclusion, I return to the same illustration and complete the story as a demonstration of how to resolve the need addressed in the sermon. When you have finished the conclusion, shut up. That's number three. Uh, don't continue kicking a dead horse, as they say. If you have done your part, the Holy Spirit will drive it home. Thank you. Number 13 will follow, and we'll get to that next time. Thank you.